Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include National Donut Day, my interview with Encinos, Ali Maquette, and Brett Dewey's on why experience-driven automation should matter to financial institutions, and what the latest payrolls report tells us about the strength of the U.S. economy. Thanks to today's podcast sponsor, Lenders One. Lenders One is one of the largest co-ops in the country with a diverse mix of 250-plus member companies and offers an end-to-end solution independent mortgage professionals trust to drive profitability and growth. Access to the Lenders One network makes your organization bigger, better, smarter, and more competitive instantly. Becoming a Lenders One member is probably the single most effective action you can take to both grow your business today and set it up for unbridled success tomorrow. While lenders are grappling with steadily increasing agency repurchase requests, it's National Donut Day. Someone had better offer those folks at State Farm Insurance a donut. Maybe they'll change their mind about cutting off insuring properties in California. 3,000 miles away, I wonder if Florida homeowners should be happy of even having insurance despite it being four times the cost of the national average. And good luck insuring anything built near the coast prior to 1992's Hurricane Andrew. While we're on the topic of Mother Nature and economics, it's fine for the Biden administration or any politician to call for more affordable housing. But what about where there's no land or a community limiting development due to running out of water like Phoenix? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. For today's interview, I want to welcome to the show Encino's Ali Maquette and Brett Dewey's to talk about why experience-driven automation should matter to financial institutions. Ali Maquette is the Director of Product Business Operations at Encino, and with over 15 years of technology experience, she's an expert across different roles and domains within the tech space. A product manager at her core, she's always used data to inform decisions and create the best user experience. Brett Dewey's is Associate Director of Product Management at Encino and has been with Encino's product team for nearly seven years. His experience spans a variety of roles and responsibilities, including product strategy, roadmap development, feature prioritization, and product team leadership. He's helped deliver key features in several of Encino's core solutions, including commercial, small business, and retail banking. So today's interview topic is why experience-driven automation should matter to financial institutions. And Brett, I want to start with you. You've had a firsthand look over your career at how business and technology intersect in the FI space. So from your perspective, why is digital transformation so important? Yeah, thanks, Robbie. Um, Appreciate you having us on. It sounds almost trite to say at this point, but uh, digital transformation is important because it's ubiquitous in our society and consumer expectations are demanding it. And I think all of us as consumers can understand that and experience that in our daily lives with the way we've transitioned, how we interact with each other, how we manage our lives ourselves, and how we interact with the companies who we want to do business with, uh, typically through our phones and in a very self-service manner. So personalized digital experiences, you know, driven by sort of environmental conditions and our own consumer habits are making this a mandate for financial institutions to remain relevant in the marketplace. Um, they really have to create a modern experience in order to grow their business. You can't really attract new customers in the competitive landscape that financial institutions find themselves in today if you don't do so. 
because it's very easy for any of us to log on and look at a national brand and stack it right up against any local brands that might be around the corner and understand what products and services they offer and how they offer them. So in order to remain, as I said, relevant, you really have to do this um, to to make your business grow and uh, keep your people as well, your best people. Obviously, business want businesses want to uh, remain relevant, stay relevant. Uh, and operating a digital first strategy sounds great, but what challenges do financial institutions face when adopting or operating a digital first strategy? Probably the first challenge is the assumption that just choosing a technology to transform digitally is the end of the story, and that that actually is the silver bullet itself. But really, technology by itself doesn't make a, a great change and a great experience. It's all about the embrace of that change culturally and with your people in your institution to make that a successful transformation. So I'd say the most important thing to realize is that the technology decision, the decision to make the investment in a transformation is really the first step in a much longer uh, journey that you go on to create that transformation. So we know digital transformation can improve customer experience. It can grow your business. It can increase efficiency. Um, but change management has to come alongside that to make it successful. Very well put. So Ali, Brent mentioned changing consumer needs as a driver for financial institutions adopting digital first strategies. Do you have any insights on why customer experience is driving these digital transformation initiatives? Yeah, Robbie, you know, this is one of my favorite things to talk about because it's one of the things that we can all relate to, right? Like we all know what it's like to be the customer. And it's pretty simple. You just need to meet your customers where they are. This means understanding what your customers want and having the technology capabilities to meet those expectations. Uh, it doesn't change the fact that lending, it's a completely relationship-focused industry, but your technology can enable that human touch that creates like elegant event-driven automation. Uh, I'd love to give you an example, right? We're, we're coming off the end of a pandemic and the pandemic brought the need for us to transform digitally at, at hyper speed. Um, and as a technology company, we were able to rapidly pivot, develop an e-closing solution that had the, the capability to meet the customer and the lender's needs during a pandemic. Now that we're post-pandemic, these tools still remain incredibly valuable because consumers have come to expect this type of technology. The expectations have fundamentally changed post-pandemic, and it's this type of flexibility is required. I love how you put that, where it's always going to be a relationship-based industry, but this digital transformation is only going to improve the borrower experience and, and make the space better. So aside from that improved borrower experience, though, what other benefits do financial institutions see from taking on a digital transformation effort? Yeah, the customer is one piece of that, but your employee is the other part of that. So I'd love to answer this in, in two parts, both focusing on the employee experience. First, you really need to bring business intelligence into your organization. Business intelligence allows you to improve what your employees are doing on a daily basis. Um, tools can Business intelligent tools can allow you to see your pipeline, how it's performing, where bottlenecks are in real time, and make it really easy for you to not only assess your strategy, but then make real-time tactical changes to that execution. The second thing that I think is really important and, and can differentiate you from your competitors is introducing tools like incentive compensation. These tools allow you to like modernize and streamline your compensation policy and processes 
that uh, allow your payroll department to, to stop with the manual data entry, which will make all of your employees happy. But even better than that, you create insights to your branch managers so they can see actionable uh, insights into performance and profitability. But also your LOs and your employees are now having transparency and, vis and visibility into the compensation that they're receiving. So the reason why incentive, I mean, incentive plans can be the biggest thing to differentiate you. And it's really easy to create competitive, competitive compensation plans. But by creating visibility into them, you showcase that you care about it. And you, it allows you to retain that top talent that Brett spoke about earlier. And so I want to ask both of you, what steps should a financial institution take to get started on their digital transformation journey? Yeah, I can start with this one. I think it's really important to set goals up front as you embark on that. As I alluded to earlier, digital transformation is not a one, one and done type of scenario. You're not just going to implement a technology and be done transforming. And so it's really important to, to realize that and to set good goals and milestones that address your highest priority problems first. So whether that's the inability to open accounts online, to do certain types of loans from a digital um, you know, portal, or whether your employee experience really needs to improve so you stop losing your best talent, those are the things you need to ask up front and really determine so that you can set your strategy for this transformation. The second thing I would say, and then I'll let Allie chime in, as part of that transformation, you have to really embrace change. As a, a cultural change to an institution, you have to accept the fact that this will be an ongoing transformation over time and an ongoing evolution that doesn't really stop. And so accepting you know, better as opposed to waiting for perfection is usually a better strategy because you're going to keep iterating on it over time. You're not going to stop investing. Yeah. And uh, along those same lines, not only within your organization, right, you're going to identify that you need to change, create the culture, make sure you guys internally have that support, but also having a technology partner that's on that journey with you and that technology partner that understands that um, the digital transformation is ever evolving. Our customers' needs are changing. Every time the market takes a shift, there's a new need for a customer. So having a technology partner that's on that digital transformation journey with you is really critical. And quick bonus question here. How how does one measure success on a digital transformation journey? Is it qualitative? Is it quantitative? How, how do you advise clients? Yeah, great question. I think it's both qualitative and quantitative. I think it's really important to set some metrics up front that answer key questions for you on how successful you're being. And those would be the quantitative metrics you track. And then you need to augment that with qualitative information from users who are actually in the system to understand the context by which they're making decisions as they go through those things. So I think both are important and uh, neglecting either leads to an incomplete picture. Ali, anything to add or that sounded good to you? <laughs> that was perfect. I couldn't have said it better. Cool. Uh, thank you both very much for your time today. I thought I thought this was uh, fantastic. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. We had a massive amount of data for markets to digest yesterday, which, along with news that the House and Senate passed the bill to raise the debt ceiling, pushed investor sentiment and ultimately price movement toward the third consecutive day of gains, aka rates down, in the bond markets. That comes as a welcome relief, considering that mortgage rates jumped again last week to hit new year-to-date highs, according to the latest primary mortgage market survey from Freddie Mac. In terms of economic data, the May ISM Manufacturing Index fell further into contractionary territory, 
the seventh consecutive month of general contraction in manufacturing activity. The production index climbed back into expansionary territory, giving some hope for an improvement in the coming months. The ADP employment change report for May showed an estimated 278,000 jobs were added to private sector payrolls, well above 160,000 expectations on the heels of a downwardly revised 291,000 in April. Job growth is still strong, but pay growth is slowing. The weekly initial jobless and continuing claims report both corroborated the ongoing strength in the labor market, as businesses overall remain reluctant to cut staff size in large numbers, leaving the level of initial jobless claims well below what's typically seen in a recession environment. The revised Q1 productivity and unit labor cost report showed productivity was weak in the first quarter, declining 2.1%, though better than expected, and unit labor costs were up 4.2% versus the advance estimate of being up 6.3%. Total construction spending increased 1.2% month-over-month in April, better than expected after increasing 0.3% in March. Continued weakness in new single-family construction was overshadowed by strength in private and public non-residential spending. On a year-over-year basis, total construction spending was up 7.2%. We are 50% of the way through the Signature and Silicon Valley Bank portfolio liquidations, at least in specified pools, and according to Bank of America's Bill Beckery, by nearly every metric, these have been, quote, a resounding success in terms of execution, clearing level, and both dealer and customer participation. Given the performance and execution of the last reverse inquiry auction, we would expect that an announcement is imminent for round two of reverse inquiry, which will further bring us closer to the end date of this sell program. 20-year pools have stood out to us as a standout performer, with payups outperforming. There's been strong customer demand for pools such as 100% Florida, Texas, and low FICO pools. However, many other specified sectors are trading less well. REIT demand generally has underwhelmed as of late, and 200,000 to 275,000 balance pools, as well as FICO slash LTV slash investor, have struggled to find footing in production coupons. Loan balance 6.5% pools remain somewhat of a no-man's-land sector. 70% of agency and BS outstanding is held by the Fed and banks, both of which are net selling. That continues to be an area of concern for mortgages, as does impatience by monetary policymakers regarding the lagged effects of 500 basis points rate hikes and or a resumption of the banking crisis resulting in additional bank portfolio liquidations. End quote. Today brings the all-important May jobs report. Non-farm payrolls increased by 339,000 versus expectations of being up 230,000, which is up from the prior month of 253,000, while the unemployment rate jumped from 34 to 3.7% when it was seen ticking up to 3.5%. Hourly earnings were up 0.3% as expected, and year-over-year up 4.3%. There are no other economic releases of note scheduled for today. Despite yesterday's rally to open June, the two-year U.S. Treasury yield increased by 33 basis points over the month of May, and the 10-year yield increased by 19 basis points. After the solid employment data, we begin the day with agency MBS prices worse about an eighth, the 10-year yielding 3.64 after closing yesterday at 3.61%, and the two-year up at 4.40%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. This was seen at a hotel in San Francisco. Dogs are welcome in this hotel. We've never had a dog that has smoked in our bed and set fire to the blankets. We never had a dog that stole our towels and played the TV too loud. We never had a dog that got drunk and broke up the furniture. So, if your dog can vouch for you, you're welcome too.
Thanks again to Lenders One, one of the largest mortgage co-ops in the country with a diverse mix of 250-plus member companies and providers of an end-to-end solution, independent mortgage professionals trust to drive profitability and growth. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.